I see this person has a smartphone. <laughs> I'm mess with yes. I'm a 200-year-old ghost, but like I definitely know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And welcome to another episode of Spooky Science Sisters. Um, This week is a little bit different because we have Max and Cassie with us from the Insanely Haunted podcast. So do you guys want to say hi? Hello. Hi. Max and Cassie had us as guests a couple weeks ago on their show, um, and on Insanely Haunted, they watch episodes of Ghost Adventures and then talk through them, make fun of them. What is the official thing that you guys say? We say we're reviewing them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're okay. playing pretty fast and loose with with the word <laughs> review. We used I to guess. say watch and review, but we usually watch before we record. So it's mostly okay. you're hearing the review. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think in our last episode on when we did Bigfoot two weeks ago, uh, we may or may not have said that you guys shit talk it. So I mean, sorry. we do. That's <laughs> accurate. Yeah. That's the main uh, component of our show is shit talking ghost adventures. We watch it ironically because it's so bad it's entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Ironic viewing is a good way to put it. Um, But anyway, we had a ton of fun uh, recording with them and really wanted to have them on here because this week we're going to do a second episode on ghost hunting equipment uh, because it was so fun to do the first one. And there's a ton of stuff that ghost hunters like to use for purposes that it was not created for. And it's all really <laughs> expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's really what I've learned. It's like everything's like, this costs 200 to $1,000. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and descriptions are worded in a very like legally uh, appropriate manner. So nobody gets yes. sued for producing bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Um Okay, so I guess to go along with this episode, just like last time, um, Paige and I are both going to be running a Spirit Story Box, which, if you'll remember, is sort of the app version of the Ovulus. So it's, we literally have no idea what information it's taking in, probably none, but it does spit out words periodically. Um, So I've had it going for like the past... 20 minutes or so and I've got a lot of random stuff. I've gotten skittish, confirms, hidden chart, pantry, yellow. What have you gotten, Paige? Um, <laughs> so far I've gotten chair, which I mean I am sitting in a chair, so that's something. <laughs> uh, I've also gotten uncle, obsessive dentist, and deep. So I think this episode's oh. probably going to get pretty deep. Oh okay. oh, okay. Um, I literally just got Stanley chokes. Yikes! What? <laughs> so I don't know about that. Um, but it is spitting stuff out pretty frequently. So I'm gonna switch mine to the the low setting okay. again. It's unclear what low what, but you know, low, low spookiness. <laughs> low <laughs> levels of spookiness. I don't know. All it says in the app is like. 
oh, like once you start to get a bunch of stuff spit out, like then switch it to the lower sensitivity. And it's like, but what is it sensitive to? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's what yeah. I need you to tell me. <laughs> um, yes. So per usual, uh, we'll start out with something spooky. So Paige, did anything spooky happen to you in the last, I guess it's been three weeks since our last episode. Um, I, I kind of wish something spooky had happened to me, <laughs> but it seems like I'm just living a normal life now. Maybe my demon has left me. It's probably with me now. <laughs> yeah. Has anything spooky no. happened to you? <laughs> to me? Um, no, I no. It's been a boring couple of weeks. So probably the next time we do this, like one of us is getting possessed or something. So Max and Cassie, in case you aren't aware, Paige and her brother, my husband, had like they're six years apart. So they're they're separated enough in age that neither of them would have had an imaginary friend at the same time. Mm. But they had an imaginary friend that was named the exact same thing. That's Whoa, weird. dude. Yeah. So it was named New Me. And they always what? spelled it like N-E-W-M-E. Um, and so we're like, it's like sort of become family, I don't know, family s- superstition. That's <laughs> like, such a very unique name to have for an imaginary friend for two different people. Right. Exactly. Like George would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Weird. And so we're sort of like it's possible that Steven mentioned it at some point when Paige would have been old enough to remember it, but uh-huh. but I don't know. Where it's creepy. So I'm yeah. I'm like on high alert for my <laughs> one year old daughter to start I don't know. Striking up a friendship with Numi. Yes. <laughs> so like what is your response if that happens? I don't know. Well, no, I already told you what our response was. I told you that we were going to um, go Paranormal Activity 2 oh, right. and perform mm, some sort of ritual and send it over to you. And then, like, <laughs> cross our fingers that you don't go crazy and then come murder us. <laughs> now, uh, in, in an episode of Ghost Adventures, Zach Bagans brings in a um, an engineer to... Um, construct some sort of uh, paranormal portal. And what they do is they set up a Skype call. Oh, my God. And they use a sort of, like, um, powerful electromagnet. And oh my God. they don't really do anything else. They just do those two things at the same time and claim that they're creating a portal. But I'm sure you could extrapolate that technology. I believe that's the uh, Bobby Mackey's return. Yeah, one of them is Bobby Mackey's, and you get to see a man's relationship fall apart live on television. Oh God. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, well, I will. I'll keep that in mind. But like, this could also be my ticket to get. Zach Baggins to come to my house and investigate That's what it. Everyone yeah. so, right. That would probably be the real response is like try to have <laughs> either ghost adventures or ghost hunters come to my house. I mean, I probably it up. we could just do that in our childhood home. Be like, hey, we don't live here anymore, but <laughs> <There's> <laughs> they actually go ahead. <laughs> they did get bamboozled by a family from Seattle. Oh, they did? Um, there's an episode where 
a family makes up a bunch of ghost shit and gets the guys <gasps> no to come way. over. And then at the, it's not until the very end of the episode that Zach Bagans like says on TV, we believe we were fooled. <gasps> and they still aired it. Why? Yeah. They still aired that. That is awesome. I think yeah. it's part of their like ongoing commitment to seeming like they're fact checking. Like they do yeah. a lot of things where they like show themselves debunking evidence mm-hmm. Because yeah. of Zach's like really strong sensitivity to people telling him that he's that he's like always looking at false positives and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. I really wanna well, yeah, it's funny because my immediate response is like, oh, that kind of makes me like them a little bit better. <laughs> the problem <laughs> is they're not consistent with it. No, no. Yeah. They pick and choose when they want to use uh examples of not being a ghost or you know and it's very rare too a lot of most of the time they will they're just super gullible and hope that you're super gullible and only now and again do they actually like double check themselves yeah got it well and i think the so i had mentioned the last ghost hunting episode that we did that i felt like in in ghost hunters in early episodes, they would a lot more frequently come out of the episode and say, Oh, this place just isn't haunted. Like they would find a lot of places that were not haunted. Mm -hmm. And I came across an article researching for this week that said that in that first, the very first season of ghost hunters, only like 25% of the locations did they find evidence or like declare that it was actually haunted. And then by the time that they got to season two, it was up to over 50%. So Uh, yeah. So I was like, something's going on here. (laughs) And like they have this huge jump and I feel like it only gets, it only gets worse from there. But yeah, it was Mm. sort of interesting to see my suspicions confirmed (laughs) yeah well i remember seeing uh videos on youtube select clips from ghost hunters where you can actually see them manipulating stuff to yes yeah from like their live halloween episodes or whatever right were particularly Mm -hmm. bad yeah Yeah. there was one where like grant gets pulled on his collar but you can actually see him moving his hand he's got like a little string or a wire or something. Yeah. 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 Disappointing. <laughs> Disappointing. I know. <laughs> oh, and then somebody also, well, more timely, somebody tweeted recently um, who we follow who said something about like, they were like, oh, a popular American ghost hunter um, just declared that like they don't think that masks are necessary like for the current situation that's going on and so we're like so that sort of tells you everything you need to know about (laughs) like weirdly zach and the guys have come down on the correct side of history regarding yes i have seen his twitter account and he's like all about masks and like being very responsible so i was (laughs) well he has been all about masks since ghost adventure started um, I was going to yeah. say, he does wear a respirator. <laughs> yes. Well, he has he, no like, choice. He, yeah. He made that point, I think. He was like, if I can wear a like, full respirator for like, you know, yeah. an overnight lock-in, like you can wear it for the grocery store or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, okay. So to get to the episode, um, first, actually, Wait, just kidding. Did we what? ask you guys if anything spooky had happened? Oh, we forgot to ask you guys about something spooky. Um, our plastic skeleton's head fell off. 
I fell down <laughs> some stairs, but not because of a ghost. It was because I wasn't holding onto the railing and I was wearing oh, socks. No. It's a, she didn't fall like all the way down. She just fell down on a step. On my ass. Oh, no. Yeah. But if you were Zach Baggins, you'd be like, I just got pushed down the stairs. <laughs> I was going to say, how can you be so sure that it wasn't a ghost? <laughs> Well, they are spiral <laughs> stairs, so it's a little Ooh. bit... It's a little bit haunted. It's yeah. a more haunted way of having stairs. Um, we have heard weird like explosion noises every so often at night. We don't know what the heck it is. Ghost fireworks. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I have a theory that it is some kind of freight equipment mm-hmm. doing something with just very heavy oh. loads. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Hey, the one thing we don't have is uh, trucks downshifting on the highway directly outside of our apartment building, which is what we used to do with every second of every day when we lived in uh, our previous uh, oh, location. No. What does it sound like, Max? It goes like... Drive Max up a wall. It drove me nuts. It's illegal. That was very accurate. <laughs> well, you can tell awesome. that they've heard it many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Um, okay. So first, I wanted to just do like a quick, I don't know, errata from episode six. Um because the fact that I'm a geologist and not a biologist was definitely showing. Um, so we did Bigfoot for episode six. Um, and super fun. But I think as I was talking about like what species Bigfoot could be or like that it was part of potentially part of like the same family or like, you know, also an ape. I think I mistakenly at some point during the episode talked about like talked as if primates were like somehow different from <laughs> the hominid family and it's like uh, no they're just they're just higher up on the <laughs> on yeah. the, the classification um and yeah so anyway i just wanted to to make a note of that because i didn't want biology people to be like what's happening here <laughs> <laughs> so anyway and then i think i also like mixed up I don't know. I think I said the apes were different than hominids. And it's like, nope, it's just two different terms for the same thing. And like all the current great apes, like gorillas and everything, are also hominids. So mm-hmm. I'm not a biologist. It's that, it's that <laughs> second part of the name that changes. Um, my um, spirit story box is getting very dramatic. Since oh. I switched it to low, I've gotten um disillusioned and then i got francis and then i got shattered family oh, <laughs> oh man oh no, dude <laughs> is it talking about my family I, have a, I had an Aunt Francis, and my family shattered. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. That it's is right. creepy. <laughs> Here's the thing about Spirit Storybox app, and I like to also suspect the ovulus, although we'll find out when you talk about it later. It is like clearly front-loaded with a ton of negative words, and mm-hmm. it's like little word bank because it – yeah, it says very negative things all the time. Yeah. Ooh, I just got entity here. No. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> it's fucking new me. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to have to leave. You guys can have fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
That Enter is the that's... Seinfeld. But do you poop after? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay. Are you ready to go on Ghost Hunting Equipment page? I'm ready if you're ready. Are you guys ready? Yes. So ready. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess to start off the discussion, uh, Megan and I will be talking about, well, I'll be talking about full spectrum photography and Megan will be talking about infrared cameras. So kind of as an intro, I first wanted to cover the electromagnetic spectrum. Yeah. And give kind of a, a <laughs> really brief, basic understanding of what that is. Uh, basically, it's the... Uh, refer, the electromagnetic spectrum refers to the ra- range of all different types of electromagnetic radiation. Uh, so this includes things like um, X-rays, microwaves, uh, and then visible light is on that on that spectrum. So that's kind of the area that we're going to talk about. Um, if you've ever seen a picture of the electromagnetic spectrum, like in a science book or online, you'll know that typically it is pictured as a horizontal line with a or with the radio waves, which are higher in wavelength, low in frequency, on one end. Um, gamma rays, which are low wavelength, high frequency, on the other, and then visible light is like right smack dab in the middle. So. Um, Megan, like I said, will be talking about infrared cameras and infrared waves, uh, are directly next to visible light on the spectrum. Uh, it has slightly higher wavelength and lower frequency than visible light. Um, she'll go in more depth about infrared in her discussion, but like I said, I will be discussing full spectrum photography, which uses a camera that is more sensitive to light and can capture visible light as well as near UV, uh, light, which is on the left or on the other side, I guess, of visible light on the spectrum and then near, uh, infrared light, which is like I said, that higher wavelength and lower frequency. Now, is this why when Zach Bagans uses the full spectrum camera, everything appears to be like purple and pink. Yes. I think so. Cause it's, yeah, it's picking up the ultraviolet light as well. It's unclear though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not really good at explaining I, things. I have a feeling we're going to use the phrase it's unclear yeah. a lot of times in this episode. <laughs> That's like one Welcome of our Welcome to our entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I did um, infrared cameras, but what they're, well, so they're picking up infrared light, but. Um, a lot of times people will refer to it as thermal imagery, or um, you'll hear ghost hunters specifically talk about using a FLIR, which stands mm-hmm. for a forward-looking infrared camera. So oh. it's basically just it's um, a camera that's sensitive or can detect far infrared. So it's actually the upper end of, so if you subdivide infrared light, which is longer wavelength than visible light and importantly visible light and all of these are like 
a very small portion of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. Sure. Like what we see is so, yeah, there's tons of other stuff out there. So infrared is slightly longer and this is the higher end and they're using it to measure the temperature of an object. And like, importantly, um, importantly, like these are devices like the FLIR, for example, are devices that are used by building inspectors <laughs> because <laughs> if you like have an inspection done of your house, they'll sometimes have a thermal camera because they're looking for um, cold areas where you have bad insulation. They're looking like if the, it's colder. It could potentially mean there's some sort of water leak. Um, you know, they can do an energy survey of your house. They can see hot spots where you might have like animals in the wall or animal activity or a nest in the wall. So that's how, the, what these were actually made for. Um, but ghost hunters are using them to detect like cold spots, although sometimes paradoxically warm spots <laughs> to indicate <laughs> that yeah, right? no rhyme or reason to it. Yes, that there's a spirit <laughs> present. So that, yeah, that was one thing that I remembered from watching all this, these ghost shows was like, sometimes it'll be like, oh, there's a human shaped warm spot, like yeah. in the image that they're seeing on the thermal camera. But then other times they'll be like, oh, there's a cold spot there. And it's like, well, which one is it? Like are well, ghosts sometimes, hot or are they cold? <laughs> sometimes, uh, I mean, ghost adventures are guilty of this too, but a lot of the times they will blame warm spots on demonic entities. Oh, oh. okay. So yeah, like, so like demons are hot because they're from Cause hell. Because they're from hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <Checks> well, <laughs> yes. 100% <laughs> I'm on board now. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, so I got some really great info, um, though, from the Skeptoid podcast, um, and then also from a brief uh, a brief article in the Skeptical Inquirer by Benjamin Radford. But um, they both made some great points about, I don't know, debunking <laughs> the use of thermal in imagery or infrared cameras in ghost hunting. So first, um, infrared is not, um, not capable of detecting something without a visible surface. So it has to be like reading the temperature, for example, like of a wall. So the times that they say like, oh, it's actually seen an entity or something like that. Like if we're assuming that ghosts are some, you know, like hazy ghost-like apparition, mm -hmm. Infrared would be like the worst technology to see that because <laughs> firefighters use it because those longer wa wavelengths actually better penetrate things like smoke. So they're more effective to like be able to find people in a fire. Um, so like if you've got like a hazy, like, you know, your traditional ghost, you're not going to pick it up on infrared. You'd be better off using your naked eye. I was, I, um, read the same thing and it very well could have come from the same article about the full spectrum photography that like oh. it's it's based off of light bouncing off of some sort of mass and so if we're saying that like or most people who believe in ghosts wouldn't describe a ghost as like a solid object like a solid object <laughs> so that's that right. wouldn't happen that's, solid that's a really good question though because it's something that's never really made clear um, in it, for all of the attempts that ghost hunters make 
to like apply scientific language to what they do. It's never made clear whether ghosts have mass, whether like the properties of matter apply to ghosts. Right. Well, yeah. And that's, I think that's the argument a lot is, is that they're outside of what we know about physics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So convenient. So then, yeah. So then like (laughs) conveniently you can be like, oh, well, physics doesn't apply here. It's like, well, (laughs) so yeah, which we run, yeah, we run across that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Point, point made that infrared if you assume that a ghost like doesn't have some sort of like physical, yeah, physical mass or physical body, then infrared's not going to be the way that you see it. So what is it actually seen? And this is actually pretty straightforward, but um, if you see a cold spot or a hot spot, it could be just like temperature gradations on the walls that are caused by Um, heating or air conditioning. So it could be like ductwork running through the wall or like a vent that is um, heating up a certain wall or a certain area that's on the floor. Um, Variations in insulation and especially in like a lot of these old houses and old buildings like ghost hunters are in, like probably the insulation is patchy and best at best (laughs) in a lot of situations. Um, you can see studs through the wall, wiring, pipes, yeah, radiant heat. Um, importantly, you can see, so if someone like leans up against a wall, you can see residual heat from somebody's body. So it's very oh. possible that like all you're seeing is like, oh, somebody was like leaning up against the wall, you know, 45 seconds ago and they, now they transferred it, their heat into the surface. Yes. And like now it looks like there's this human shaped apparition standing there, but it's like, it's just the, the person that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also reflect heat um, off of people's bodies. So I've seen examples where, um, yeah, where the, in the ghost hunting shows where they'll say like, Oh, we, we caught this apparition in the thermal camera but it's like, but it's moving in a very similar way to the investigator who was yeah. like looking at the thermal image at the time. Um, and you just, you don't know. Cause it's like, they'll say like, oh, well, you know, we tried to debunk it and like check that there weren't any reflective surfaces or check that nobody was there. But it's like, but you've got other people wandering around. You've got all the camera crew. Like, how do you, it just, it's so hard to guarantee that it wasn't just the heat from somebody's body reflecting off of, of some surface. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's so, it's pretty straightforward in that. And I guess, I don't know, probably pretty frustrating to hear if you're a ghost hunter. (laughs) 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 Um, the other thing, so then cold spots, because warm spots are easy. Um, cold spots could be air conditioning. Um, but one of the, I think it was the, um, I think it was the Skeptoid podcast, um, but they mentioned, so let's say that ghosts, that the ghost is showing up or they claim that it's showing up as a cold spot. Um, why not like to be, to try and verify it in some, at least somewhat scientifically valid way. Like why not carry one of those cans of spray smoke to see if there's like a cold draft from somewhere in the wow. room. Oh my God. Can I stop you? It. I yeah. just got Megan. 
You <gasps> did not. I what? super did. Is it how you spell your name? I mean, no, but okay. I still have What the hell, Paige? You got Entity here, and then you got Megan. I'm going to paranormal activity you so fast <laughs> if Numi shows up. I'm sorry I had to interrupt. It was no, very important. No, you're fine. I got. I just got Sun Convinces, but that is not particularly compelling because I have a daughter, <laughs> not Sun. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, anyway. I'm so haunted right now. So haunted right now. Zach Bagans would be freaking out. Um... <laughs> So yeah, so that's all that I had to say about um, infrared stuff is that, hey, if you're in, especially if you're in an old place, there's a lot of stuff that could be going on in the walls or with people walking around that could just cause kind of random heat signatures or cold signatures to show up. So if I'm going to believe that it's a ghost I've got to see a lot more debunking happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Paige, do you want to do full spectrum photography? Yeah. Um, before I get to that, I did want to talk very briefly about like the difference between IR or sorry, infrared and full spectrum photography. Um, we already talked a little bit about what the difference is on the electromagnetic spectrum, but as far as when are the ideal times to use it. So infrared is, like Megan said, typically used in like low light settings. It's kind of considered that like night vision camera. Um, It's ideal for when you're in complete darkness and it captures infrared light. Uh, Full spectrum photography can really be used at any, in any light setting. Um, It's ideal in a wide range of visible conditions it tends to have better quality content when it's actually a full spectrum camera, which we'll talk about. Um, and then it can capture all light from the near UV to the near infrared light. I don't understand photography like at all. So (laughs) (laughs) like doing this, I'm doing this with a very, very basic understanding of how photography Well, there's a little man inside the camera who paints pictures very, very fast. (laughs) All right. Um, But here's what I did learn about photography. Wonderful. So basically, a full-spectrum camera is just like a regular digital camera with a modification where instead of using the IR blocking filter, or um, I think it's called like the hot mirror, they there's a clear filter used so that way you're not blocking that mm. infrared light anymore. Oh. Uh, the full spectrum cameras or full spectrum photography is typically used in um, astrophotography. So those like beautiful mm. night sky photos that you see where they're really like vibrant photos of stars. Uh, that's Ooh. probably a full spectrum f- camera. It's also used in forensic photography. Uh, they use it to get good photos of crime scenes or evidence. They said, or I read that um, they'll typically what would you like, see in forensic photography. What would you see? Yeah, like what would you see with the? Oh, you're probably going to cover this. I'm just. <laughs> 
Yeah. So one of the things that they, that it was pointed out that they'll use it for is like, if you have a bite mark, say they'll take a photo of it. And because it's a more sensitive photo, it's something that they can use later to try to match up to, I guess, a person's mouth. Cause you know, obviously you'll heal at some point. Um, so that's one of the things that they, which is, I don't know who they is. Ted Bundy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it is a very sensitive type of photography, um, which I mean, could, it is a good thing, but in ghost hunting, I suppose there are concerns, probably some concerns there. Um, there is a note about, or I wanted to make a note that I had read that using full spectrum photography, it really should be very clean and you should not see things like dust or those orbs that you'll see with like a digital camera. Okay. So, um, I mean, my, my guess or my assumption is that a lot of ghost hunters would probably say this, (laughs) you know, they're, they're very sensitive. So that thing you see over there, that's, that's not a, that's not dust because this camera wouldn't, this is what dust looks like on our HD cameras. <laughs> Video of huge yeah. bug. Oh my god! I know. Anytime I see orbs, I'm just like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> you can't. It's it's dust or it's a bug, a hundred percent. Okay, so you're saying those don't show up with full spectrum photography? They they do not now. Yeah, which I guess would be like, ugh, okay. Which like is a good. Oh, here's reason. what I would want to see though: is if you like saw if a ghost hunter saw what they thought was an orb in just like regular visible light photography, but it didn't show up in the full spectrum. Like, would they have the wherewithal to throw it out? Like, assuming that it's not a real thing, or would they just be like, oh well. You know, we needed the shorter range to like actually visualize it. I'm assuming that they would actually sensationalize this, the difference <laughs> between the two, and, yeah. and use it to justify believing that this is extra cause for uh, a haunting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's it. I mean, that, yeah. Sorry, Paige, I keep interrupting. Um, I just get really excited about ghost hunting stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, so the argument though is, is that you're going to see more stuff with the full spectrum or it's going to be more sensitive. But yeah, it's like we were saying earlier though, is that there never seems to be a great answer for like, why, like why are ghosts, why can we detect them (laughs) in these ways? (laughs) Like why do they show up in full spectrum, but like not to the naked eye? Um, Well, here, I mean, this is where history comes into play. I mean, ghost photography started out oh, as a mm-hmm. fake, like the yeah, you know, yeah, uh, memorial manipulating... photography. Oh no, that was different. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's more of... spooky than like yeah, yeah. Than ghost photography. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talking yeah. about like the Fox Sisters kind of stuff? No, just like uh, photographers used to manipulate um, film to. That's too. the Fox Sisters stuff, though, right? Or they they did like the seances or whatever. Yeah, they did the seances oh, and the cracking t- their toes. double double exposure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Like it was a trend and it was uh, a fad and it was fake. <laughs> yeah, well, sort of like towards the turn of the twentieth century, like the whole mm-hmm. 
oh, what's the movement called or whatever it was? Spiritualism? Yeah, spiritualism where people yeah. were super into that. So anyway, mm-hmm. Paige, what else? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, great, good point with if you saw it on a digital camera, but not on the full spectrum, what would they do? But the funny thing is, is really they're not even using full spectrum cameras so (gasps) no um so they're being sold as full spectrum cameras and i looked up like the price difference between if you go to like what is it ghost stop is that what the website's called (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's like someone just ripped off gamestop's name um i think are they the ones that say like oh we specifically designed this piece of equipment for ghost adventures or something there's one no, that's of them digital that says dowsing. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so if you look at like the prices of like the Ghost Stop full spectrum camera, it's like in the price range of like I saw some at like a hundred and sixty dollars, and oh. there were some like closer to four hundred. But wow. but I looked at actual like Nikon or Canon full spectrum cameras that you can purchase off of like legitimate websites um sorry go stop but (laughs) but uh they're like i mean some of them are like like several thousand dollars or like you know fifteen hundred dollars for a camera so the price difference you know that alone throws up some red flags uh but yeah they're not what they say they are right um i did read that like i said before it's really just a modified digital camera so at least I couldn't find a camera where, you know, Nikon just sells it as a full spectrum camera. It's not suggesting that doesn't exist. It very well might, but I did not see any. Um, it's mostly third party companies taking them and modifying them to be full spectrum. Mm-hmm. So Which when is they're pretty con- much like all ghost hunting equipment, like it's just for sure taking yeah. something right. and sort of modifying it. Or like in the case of the, frank box or the spirit box just like straight up breaking it and saying oh well this detects ghosts now (laughs) (laughs) um so to to modify to make like an actual full spectrum camera uh it like i said before it would require taking out that hot mirror or the that ir filter that infrared filter and replacing it with a piece of optical glass and there's a very specific type of glass that needs to be used with very specific properties um to ensure that it's going to do what you want it to do and truly give you that full spectrum camera most ghost hunting full spectrum cameras are like i said sold for a lot cheaper and they use a cheaper glass that reflects a lot of uv light um meaning it's not actually a full spectrum camera so you know the whole point of it being very sensitive it may not it's not going to be as sensitive but it's also it kind of deny or gets rid of the claim of well if we see an orb it's it's actually something because now that dust could very much look like an orb makes sense i don't know did you did you say um what parts of the electromagnetic spectrum a full spectrum camera uh detects yeah so it's near uh uv light to through the visible light spectrum and then and it means like yeah near to the visible light spectrum right 
Yeah. So it's not yeah. like so like the infrared camera um, would detect, I guess, like further into the infrared. Yeah, it's far infrared. Yeah. Where the like the full spectrum cameras wouldn't go as far into that infrared as the infrared camera would but it still does like huh. near infrared and near uv plus all so the plus all the visible <laughs> so it would be it's more accurate to say that it's like an expanded spectrum yeah, yeah it's or, not truly full spectrum or a fraction of a spectrum because <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting radio we're not getting uh gamma right and I uh, read like several yeah. threads, even on like Reddit, of people complaining about the naming because mm -hmm. it's like it's not actually full spectrum. Um, yeah. yeah. But if you made it like actual, um, actual full spectrum, like, oh, it picked up radio waves or microwaves or whatever, like it would just be the image yes. would just be white. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be able to see oh, any. Yeah. Because there would be so much of that. There's like there's so much of that floating through the air all the mm -hmm. time that like you just you wouldn't be able to see anything. So, hmm, so yeah. it almost <laughs> makes uh the whole uh spirit box sound uh like it just wouldn't give you accurate results because it uses radio waves yeah. which are everywhere. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, my spirit story box um, is has said um, belligerent, apprehensive, and then complacent. So, oh. <laughs> so, so that goes to spin through a number of moods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had some other stuff. I'm going to kind of uh, some of the stuff Megan kind of already touched on. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Uh, I already talked about the different type of glass. They There is some discussion about other modifications that um, may not be made properly to the, the cameras that are sold to ghost hunters or other paranormal investigators. Um, the one thing I did want to touch on was this residual bulk image, um, which is the phenomena observed in a certain type of front side charged couple devices. So charged couple device is an electronic light sensor used inside of the digital camera. And okay. very simple terms, the sensor exhibits a memory of prior exposures resulting in ghost images appearing in subsequent images. images. So oh, basically like burn in on a plasma TV. Yeah. It like burns mm. in essentially into the sure. sensor. And then when you go to take the next photo, it, Throw, puts that ghost image of your previous photo into the, mm -hmm. the photo oh, after it's, it's it. like the double exposure we were mm -hmm. just talking about earlier. Yeah. It is. It's similar, though. Double it's almost like the detector or something is getting some sort yeah, of Yeah, like the sensor okay. gets like burnt in. Now, double exposure has to do more with like the shutter speed. So if you oh, slow down okay. the shutter speed, then it can actually detect your movement. Yeah. So Which it would, would totally make sense if they're taking photos in the dark. Like they'd probably have a pretty long... Well, a lot of times, like the if they're doing like an automatic setting, it's going to set to like whatever the lowest shutter speed is. So you're going to be more likely to get a double exposure. Right. Um, so that's, I mean, a bulk of it. I did want to make a note that I looked at some of the full spectrum photography that was used in ghost hunting, like some of the images that they claim as evidence. Most of them look to me like they were just that ghost image that I just talked about. Um, sure. or like double exposure, but the only like one or two that even 
were kind of compelling at all were just confirmed to be fakes. So people just like oh, came out no. and said, oh, yeah, <laughs> they just had me like stand over there and take a picture of me. And God, it's all fake. Um, and then I did read an article uh, where they did an interview with parapsychologist. His name's Steve Parsons. And he was just interviewed about photography um, in general used in paranormal investigations. And uh, one of the points he made was the same thing that we kind of talked about earlier, where if it can't be seen by the naked eye, then like it's this isn't going to help or this isn't going to do anything for us. Um, And then the other thing that he made mention of is that like so many of the photos that he has seen are like very obviously photoshopped. And this is somebody (laughs) who is like doing these investigations and he doesn't even think that these cameras are helpful or doing anything for him. So well, good for him for, uh, you know, thinking logically. Uh, Right. I'm sure his popularity in the ghost hunting ghost hunting community took a nosedive after that. <laughs> Poor Steve Parsons. <laughs> We're here for you. <laughs> Steve, if you're uh, listening. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is as bad as the episode of Ghost Adventures that we watched with you, though, and the face in the... Dude, oh, yeah. oh my God. It really... <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that. <laughs> The image, the stencil of the of the old west cowboy man face yeah. that they superimposed over it is like stuck in my brain. It's something yeah. I'll always remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so unbelievably stupid that it was like, come <laughs> on, like this is the type of stuff in ghost hunting TV shows that makes me embarrassed to tell people that I watch a lot of ghost hunting TV shows. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, if that's the episode that you saw to like get a feel for it, you'd be like, this is insane. (laughs) So, you know. (laughs) So turns out to be a guest on our show. We also make you do work. Um, (laughs) Although I guess we, we, we gave you the option, I think, so I don't feel as bad. Um, but Max and Cassie looked into a couple things themselves. Um, so, yeah, you guys can can share what you looked into. I think Max should go last because they have, a, a, I think, the, the fun piece of tech. Yeah, it's fun. And there's a bit of a story to go with yeah, it, too. Yeah, oh, I, I love the connect. Uh, it's truly just goofy but i did the (laughs) ovulus which is a device uh created by the bill chapel uh electrical engineer for the paranormal if you are near a computer right now you should go to digitaldowsing.com dowsing spelled d-o-w-s-i-n-g it's his website uh it's very not proofread there's a lot of uh, bad typing not, here. Not AP style. <laughs> it's, no, it's just there's sometimes sentences are repeated by accident. And anyway, I'm not here to yeah. critique the um, doesn't design give you a of lot the of, <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence for no. the no. quality Certainly of the not. items that you're getting from it. <laughs> right. Well, it also doesn't really – I don't see why – how uh, paranormal investigators 
want to buy from this guy when he claims to be a skeptic. He doesn't believe in ghosts. He believes in the paranormal, but he doesn't believe in ghosts. And he sells ghost hunting equipment. Why yeah. would you buy ghost hunting equipment from this man? Uh, I guess it would, it would be least likely to be biased in some way. I have I no idea. idea. I'm trying to justify. Like, <laughs> I think that's his gimmick. Yeah. It, it, this okay. stuff must be extra legit because the guy who makes it doesn't even believe in ghosts. He's a scientist. He's a, an electrical engineer. He okay. knows what he's talking about. But if you read the descriptions of his devices, it seems like he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go on his website to Ovulus 5. So there have been five editions of this thing. You can't buy previous ones anymore. He gets rid of the the old versions, but you can find some of them on eBay for really really high prices. <laughs> this Ovulus Five device is a little touch screen with like two antennas, uh, full touch screen or full color touch screen, a rechargeable battery. Basically, this thing is a fancy speak and spell device, but. <laughs> In this level five version, there are a lot of other features, which I'm going to discuss. Basically, this thing has male and female English and Spanish voices that you can set in settings. Now they do Spanish. Yeah, yeah. It claims to have eight modes, but some of these modes are just menu pages. (laughs) (laughs) We have a headphone jack for external amplification or headphones, so you can listen to it in your headphones. Uh, Some changes that he's done with this thing. He has increased speaker size, single power switch for less confusion, Mm. integrated memory card. It's recyclable, the case. Oh, that's nice. You're (laughs) earth-friendly. Yes. (laughs) Uh, This thing costs... $400. And if you would like a mini waterproof case with it, it is $424. (laughs) Interestingly, I saw on eBay an Ovulus 5, and I I think this might be like a different version of the Ovulus 5 that he has up on his website, although I'm not totally sure. The one on eBay was listed at about $1,000. So I don't know what the heck they're doing. Uh, It's cheaper on the maker's website. Like, it's half the price. But anyway, okay, so... This thing is basically a speak and spell. And I'm going to tell you some of the modes it has and the descriptions that Bill Chapel himself gives as to how it works. Because uh, aside from what he tells you, I have no fucking clue what this thing, how this thing works. <laughs> uh, so let's see. All right. So the overview, and this is on the overview page. The Ovulus 5 converts environmental readings into words. Zach, Max, sorry, I, call, I almost called you Zach. For, I, I do this all the time. For the millionth time. <laughs> for the millionth time. Max, what do you think environmental readings means? I don't know. It could be literally anything. How about you ladies? Uh, I, I get, well, I suppose I sort of know, but I, because I've looked at this before, but isn't it like temperature? Maybe there's like EMF or something that it looks at too. He doesn't say, so we don't know. <laughs> That's as specific as it gets. No, I thought. Yeah, I would go with like shows. humidity or temperature or something. 
Okay. Yeah. Or like well, barometric <laughs> pressure, maybe. Like I swear that we like because didn't didn't I swear that I saw one where yeah, it like actually specified what they did with it. Maybe well, that yeah. wasn't good for business. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Chapel does not provide an explanation. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, he makes clear that it does. It never uses random generators for words. Never. So this is all controlled oh. by the environment. Well, that's good to uh, know. Yeah. So we have the different modes. Uh, we have a dictionary mode, which is the word, the the speak and spell part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So his description says, quote, when energy changes are detected, we don't know what kind of energy he's talking about. He just uses the blanket term energy. The magnitude of the change is used to to select one of 2,048 predefined words. Why 2,048? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Actually, there may be a computer Z reason. Uh, yeah, isn't there like an iPhone game called 2048? I don't know. Yes, there is. Yeah. That must be why. We have to like, hmm. you. I forget what you have to do. You have to like combine numbers. numbers. Or, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You're, but you have you're to like, like reach 2048. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job explaining this, but there must <laughs> be something. Okay. <laughs> there must be something important about that number. Hold you're on, doing though. a bad job explaining it, but you're not charging $400 for the prize. So. <laughs> yeah, I think the, I think the 2048 iPhone game is free, so. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, now we know what Bill Chappell does on his, in his spare time. Uh, so uh, he says, during normal operation of the Ovulus 5, uh, many words will be voiced. This is the ch- environmental changes around the ovulus triggering the voice. Oh. Again, we're hearing the word or the phrase environmental changes, but he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't describe what those are. Okay, we have a draw mode, which isn't really drawing. It's just he says it draws blocks across the screen in colors derived from environmental readings. <gasps> it's like ghost snake. Yeah, yeah, or Tetris, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like Ghost Etch a Sketch. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> but, but uh, why? Says, right, I don't know. Is this draw mode typically draws static or gray blocks in low energy areas? What does low energy mean? Like he's not being specific. <laughs> However, sometimes the high energy triggers the Ovulus Five to draw very interesting screens. Nice. Oh, Thanks, Bill. So interesting. So then, <laughs> I feel like he's purposely avoiding technical information and terms so that you can't really question his, his technology. But just to be clear, like it still only draws squares, right? Yeah. So and there's like pictures. more interesting squares. Yeah, he has pictures of the, what the modes look like. And uh, let me just scroll down to the draw mode. I mean, it. yeah, it's like pixels, different size and color pixels. It's not really interesting. And I'm sure okay. that it'd be really difficult to understand what the fuck is going on. Um, so then we have our energy mode. This displays energy level readings in a sine wave style. 
I remember, hey, this I remember is... at least one of those words from math class. So This is exactly what Spirit Storybox does. It like shows you like a sine wave, mm-hmm. but like a sine wave of what? Right? <laughs> like... And then he and then he says he follows up uh with in energy mode, energy displays he's terrible at writing sentences in energy mode energy displays similar to an oscilloscope and so i looked up what an oscilloscope is and according to wikipedia uh it is a type of electronic test instrument that graphically displays a varying signal voltages usually as two-dimensional as a two-dimensional plot of one or more signals as a function of time uh so we have voltage and time as the y and x axes respectively on a calibrated scale um the waveform can then be analyzed for properties such as amplitude frequency rise time time interval distortion and others um so that he's comparing it to that but i don't really know if that's what it is he's very vague with with this i assume that this is that he just includes an um oscilloscope in it i don't know he just says it's similar to. Um, <laughs> and then he says, showing the wave allows you to visualize how dynamic energy fields are rather than only showing an average number like a magnometer does. Magnetometer does. He's really bad at it. Right. I don't feel like so I actually he, know what's like he, going on here. <laughs> he cannot decide whether, like, what is, who his audience is here. Like, he alternately uses He's extreme bu- sciencey buzzwords. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, we have emotion yeah. mode. So this is a um, accelerometer. This is for when you're listening to the um, chart topping album by uh, Canadian uh, pop singer Carly Rae Jepsen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's motion mode. It's an accelerometer in the device. And he just says that it displays motion fluctuations, enabling small movements to be visualized. Well, that's going to be tough if you're holding it because <laughs> you're not as a human body. You're never completely still. We have a phonetic mode. So he says speech is formed using phonemes from environmental readings. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. No mention of how those uh, how those readings translate into phonemes, of course. Uh, in phonetic mode, there are not even predefined words, just the building blocks of speech themselves. In phonetic mode, both male and female uh, ph- ph- phonemes? phonemes, yeah, are included. Um, cool. All right. So, I guess we're so just adding gonna... some gender essentialism into our yeah, got, gotta gender those ghosts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then we have a true false mode, which I think is funny. Um, <laughs> true or false? You're really spooky. Uh, so he says measures energy to provide a true or false reading. True false mode is designed to create a green light based on energy readings increasing and a red life based on them decreasing. When the reading is high or low enough, the true or false light will glow. But again, he's not describing like, what does he mean by the energy is high? The energy is low. Is he talking about wattage or is he talking, is he talking about, um, uh, voltage? Like what, what are we talking about? Um, (laughs) So, <laughs> and then there's a proximity mode. Energy levels display in a radial graph. 
Proximity mode is similar to energy mode in the data it uses, but it allows for a different view and a proximity trigger. While proximity mode may appear to respond to vibration, it is actually responding static and electromagnetic field. That was poorly written, but okay. Okay. Uh, uh, So it's not responding to vibration. It's responding to static and the electromagnetic field. Okay. I still don't know how this works. Like, uh, and then and then it says uh, proximity trigger. Uh, with this, the device attempts to determine changes around the device with a sonar-like display. Uh, a white s- circle will be drawn around the radial graph. When the energy level increases, a sound similar to sonar will be heard, and the circle will change colors um, to red. Okay. Whew, that what was a mouthful. What does any of that mean? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, if you look on the the modes page, you can see little pictures of what he's trying to talk about. Um, And then there's like a settings mode. That's just a settings page. And uh, what was the other one? There's the home page, I think. So Uh, the settings mode is considered one of the eight modes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's like calling your windows desktop a uh, like a program yeah as well as the home <laughs> mode it's the home page <laughs> uh, let's see okay so aside from those modes these different things that this thing does okay so that's about it that's about all i have for the ovulus file i still don't know how it works i'm sorry uh yeah the, the maker himself does not explain like I'm just thinking back to being a, a geology graduate student and we took a analytical methods class where you learn exactly how, you know, an electron microprobe works. Like, what is it doing? How is it making these images? Um, and there's nothing like that here. Nothing. Well, that's because the maker doesn't know how it works either. Yeah, or he does, and it's complete garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it deserves more to be- like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it deserves to be put in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like the, um, there's like, it's more like the pharmaceutical approach because like there are several, um, like psychiatric drugs, for example, mm-hmm. that will say like, we don't really know how it works on your brain, but Whoa. we know that it works, <laughs> That's scary. which I know is a little bit heavy, but like that is legitimately how like some of the... <laughs> Some of the um, the information for those. Um, we gave some grad students $500 to let us do stuff to their brain chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I would liken it to. But yeah, you're exactly right that like if you're, if you're talking about things in through a scientific lens, like units are everything. Like mm-hmm. even back in high school chemistry or physics or whatever classes like it was always you have to know what units you're in and like what information you're working with in order to make sense of a problem so Mm -hmm. yeah did y'all hear about the there was like some satellite or something with a nasa a while back uh they mixed up the uh is it the imperial units with the metric units and the thing just went off? <laughs> it didn't was go that where it was. One of, yeah, was that one of the Mars rover 
was that just it may like... have been i'm not sure i just remember Didn't... our professors talking about it like yes emphasizing the need to understand your units and make sure you convert if you need to convert which i don't right. even know why we use the imperial system <laughs> that's the Dumb. real question yeah. That's a that's a whole other discussion. But yes, a whole we should have podcast. an episode about it. I know. I can't I can't speak for Paige, but I'm like a hundred percent team metric. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So much easier. It's just yes. units of ten. Like what right. What well, and it just like makes my job harder to have it be different because yeah. I have to have well, so like some of the stuff in the lab is made by European companies. And mm-hmm. some of the uh-huh. stuff is made by American mm-hmm. companies. And yep. so I have to have like two different sets of tools, like mm-hmm. one where like, Ugh. oh, the wrenches are metric and one where the wrenches are imperial. And it's like, come on. I just want to do everything with the same tools. <laughs> yeah, let's be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> so it drives me crazy. So, yeah. Um, Bill Chappell, I, I want to know his qualifications. I don't think he has a LinkedIn, but I would really like to know where he went to college, what degree he has. Um, and because, I mean, literally, you could just make up shit if you wanted. Was, <laughs> Max, don't you know somebody? Wait, don't you know somebody? Wait. No, I'm just thinking of Jeff from Community. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Made up his bachelor's degree. No, my uncle did. My okay. Uncle did. All right. My, my brain was oh, in man. the right place. My uncle uh, uh, faked a bachelor's degree, and that's how he got the career he's had for most of his life. Wow. A professor wow. at the college Megan and I went to also did that. Wow. Yeah. Like he, I mean, it's- he claimed that he had his his PhD or his, that he'd finished, but when they did like the big accreditation audit, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was pulling up the digital dowsing website while you were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a lot here. There's there also, is like, a lot of apps available. <laughs> created some more dubious than the others yes i was gonna go to the apps the app next so first off if you go to their website i'm pretty sure yeah he's removed a lot of his products Uh but i'm i'm wondering if he's going to uh just he's working on a bunch of new ones previously he had this thing that was like a pyramid with led lights that you could sit inside and like do it a, a seance or something and the product picture was him inside of it it was great uh, actually i think i have that somewhere i can send it to y'all oh sweet. um <laughs> it's it disappeared from his page but it did not disappear from my computer <laughs> <laughs> nothing uh, ever disappears from the internet <laughs> no uh so there are two apps that i looked at real quick uh one of them we've actually played around with before the other one Bill Chapel made. I'll start with the, the alternate version first. This one is called Ghost Hunting Tools and in parentheses simulation. Okay. <laughs> All right. And it has a four out of five. <laughs> that's for rating. <laughs> it's super high. Well, that, that's why I downloaded it originally because I was like, well, oh, a lot of people seem amazing. to uh, say this thing works. It's simulation. Um, yes. And it also says on the app, if you look at the the Google Play Store or whatever, it says, note, this application is intended for entertainment purposes and simulates a ghost hunting tool. So it says right there, it's not real. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed that that on all of them, it's like this is not. Yeah, this is a yeah. toy or whatever it says. <laughs> Uh, and then oh, offered for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it says easy to read graphs and it integrated word analysis. Um, no to the graphs when we used it before. Like you don't. It has a bunch of like pretend little technological like doodads <laughs> on it, and it doesn't tell you what they are. <laughs> like they're just doing things, and then you get words every so often. Um, All right. So it says ghost hunting tools give you easy to use access to EMF meters and EVP detectors to hunt ghosts and spirits. But again, it says it's a simulation. So I think mm-hmm. it's just a pretend ovulus. Well, so now see, that, the thing is, though, that that presupposes that there is such a thing as a like non-pretend. Right. <laughs> it's all pretend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's definitely the, the conclusion we came to last time when we were using Spirit Story Box. I was like, this is probably just as legitimate as a real ovulus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, some of these are, sorry. I keep oh, go ahead. Go I'm, ahead. I'm just very excited about these app options. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, some of them though, like mention, um, mention like detecting electromagnetic energy, like with your iPhone or whatever. And it's like, right. But, but okay. It okay. doesn't have a sensor for that. No, so, it like, does not. So let me get to the uh, eye ovulus because it gives you okay. a little bit more insight. Uh, let's awesome. See. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. all right. So again, the ghost hunting tools parentheses simulation had four out of five uh, in, in ratings, stars, whatever it is. The eye ovulus, which was developed by Bill Chappell, um, <laughs> it's got 2.9 out of five. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, some of the reviews I saw, a lot of, a lot of the repeat, you know, people saying the same thing for the bad scores, which were a lot of one stars. I, I saw comments about it uses the same words all the time. It crashes all the time. It's fake. It's crap. Can I have my money back? (laughs) Um, and this app also comes with the disclaimer, quote, because of the nature of this application, it is offered for entertainment purposes only. Uh-huh. And so in the description, <laughs> it says, the iOvulus produces speech-based, oh, God, again, the oh, punctuation and it just uh, does not read right. Okay, the iOvulus produces speech based on changes to sensors in the iPhone or iPod touch. So sensors. Which ones? <laughs> Simply, the idea is that <laughs> the idea is that mm-hmm. an outside force, what force? I don't know, can affect a change <laughs> that registers as a response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then it says, "Let's see." Uh, I mean, I better understand what's happening with this. So. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing: I'm alive, and like, no a little bit about science and electromagnetic fields and all this stuff. And like, I have no idea how this thing works. So yeah. like, what about the afterlife turns you into like, Oh, now I know exactly <laughs> how to manipulate this energy to right? send my message from beyond the grave. <laughs> I see this person has a smartphone. <laughs> I'm a mess with yes. I'm a 200 year old ghost, but like, I definitely know what this is. <laughs> There's a ghost school. 
<laughs> yes. yes. Here's what you've missed out on. Uh, the description says inter- inter- instrumental trans communications, quote, ITC, is not new. However, the methods used to try and achieve it are changing greatly. Oh. And it says the iObvious is simple to use. Start the app and listen to what is said. Remember, the environment drives the output of iObvious using a 1,000-word dictionary to achieve ITC communications. So he's downgraded from, okay, smaller dictionary. from the previous amount of words to uh, 1,000 for okay. this app. Okay. But apparently it keeps repeating the same words yeah. and breaking yeah. them. Yeah. So in the time that we've been talking, <laughs> I looked at a couple of the other ones. Okay. So right. yeah, yeah. So there's the IGO, which that's like so that's the only one that seems like um, which like yes, I did only click on it because it said geo. Um <laughs> that's the only one that seems maybe like it could be legit. Um, well, and I mean, yeah, because it's using the accelerometer in your phone, like you're supposed to place it on a flat flat surface and then it's using the accelerometer to supposedly record like vibration so it's like if if a ghost were like walk by it and like there were foot footsteps like it would record the vibration from that so it's like or, that makes logical sense to me right? or if the ghost has been practicing like patrick swayze um on a on a, a can of soda and he has now figured out how to manifest enough force <laughs> to move the phone yes exactly but like in terms of like the technology of the iPhone. Uh-huh. Okay. Like if we're going to say that there's ghosts and they're walking around and they're vibrating some, whatever, like fine. Um, the other one though, which is like, I mean, it basically just is like, we throw all the other stuff on this entire website away because it's iCrystal. crystal. <laughs> oh oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so, iCrystal um, may, so they are like hedging their bets here, may allow you to recharge or change the stored energy in your crystals. Oh, no. Simply select the energy level corresponding to the color you desire, then gently place the crystal on the screen and press start to allow iCrystal to get to work. Oh, my God. So it's like literally, yeah, you're just like, you're exposing your crystals to light from your phone to recharge them. Wow. <laughs> Legit. So- <laughs> I, I just I like to tell our listeners, um, please never talk to geologists about the spiritual energy of crystals. <laughs> We're not going to enjoy the conversation at all. Nor, and nor will you, notably. <laughs> have you had, yes. I mean, how many people have come to you to try to talk to you about energy crystal crap? Because I, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I have had people do that. Really? And they've done it mistakenly. Uh, I, I, for a very short period of time, I lived with a, a very nice woman, uh, but she was very into. This was a white woman, so it's white crystal. White. Uh, so uh, let's see. How should we describe these people? Um, <laughs> crystal Karens. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know because um, it's not really associated with any like legit culture. It's just white women who are really privileged enough that they can just make a. You know, pick pieces from different cultures and make it their own. 
Uh, So uh, this lady uh, believed in crystal energies and she actually paid real human money to see a crystal massage therapist. Oh, my God. Who is also white. Um, (laughs) And she wanted me to meet him because she was like, you're a geologist and he's a crystal massage therapist. You guys are going to be best friends. (laughs) And so she she brought me to her um, appointment. I sat in the waiting room like dreading this. And, um, that was nice of you for going. I, you know, I mean, she was yeah. letting me stay with her for free. It was, it was really nice of her. And you know, she was an older woman, kind of lonely. She, you know, living by herself. So I, I wanted to like give back in 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 a very painful way. Um, <laughs> so after her massage therapy appointment, um, she brought me up to his massage room. I guess it felt like a big uh, attic of some sort, and. <laughs> Trust me, it was an actual legit building. It wasn't some stranger's house. I hope not. Stranger danger. Yeah, but he had displayed on a bunch of folding tables, uh, different containers filled with little samples of different crystals that apparently had certain powers. And I was just looking through them, and uh, I came over to the serpentinite uh, container. Now, granted, oh, this no. was this was lizardite, so it wasn't chrysotil. Um, yeah. Chrysotil is the... Did I pronounce that right? Is it Christotil or Christotil? Christotil. Christotil, yeah. I think some um, people say Christotil, but I have no okay. idea. Whatever. So Christotil. It's, it's it's asbestos, page. It's as- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is asbestos. So um, I want you to try and guess what was the healing power of the serpentinite lizardite variation. What was the healing power of it? Yeah, because each one of these little samples that he was selling had some sort of healing power to him. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. The most ironic thing would be like, oh, it's good for your lungs. Or your yes, body. that yeah, was exactly it. what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. Oh. And I told him. You're <laughs> like, that's asbestos, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Again, it was not the chrysotile, but I said, you know, there's a version of this that is asbestos. And he, he was like, when she introduced me to him, he, and she was yeah. like, she's a geologist. It's like his face went white. He was so scared. And because <laughs> he knew that I would know he's full of shit. <laughs> and, uh, and I did make it a point to tell him, hey, you know what? This There's an asbestos form of this. Sorry, Paige and Max. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I have a piece of ghost hunting equipment that I can yes. tell you guys about. <laughs> Back to what we're actually supposed to be talking about. <laughs> um, so, well, Max, you also looked into something. <laughs> I did, and it's true. And uh, this one actually draws from my personal experience because <gasps> I am a gamer American. <laughs> yeah, um, it's something so my- that I that you know is a part of my part of my heritage. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, and the story that I want to tell you all is about the uh, what is sold, pre- used to be sold by Bill Chapital on digital dowsing as the XLS, oh, sorry, the XCAM SLS uh, uh, ghost hunting device, also sold on the Ghost Hunters equipment website under the name Connect SLS Camera. Um, and this is a device that uses, that should be like immediately 
discredited uh, when I tell you <laughs> that it uses a piece of technology that was designed for video games. Um, uh, so, so this all begins back in 2006 with a, a consumer electronic device called the Nintendo Wii, uh, which was released yes. uh, as by by Japanese video game con- company Nintendo. Uh, they they created a video game console where the whole idea was we want everyone in the family to play this. We want to expand beyond the unwashed masses of of um, uh, uh, adolescent male uh, male gamers and <laughs> maybe get their moms and dads and and little sisters to play video games too and the wii was a tremendous success everybody bought one um it was like one of the most successful video game consoles of all time and of course everybody else who made video games was like we need to get in on that action um <laughs> we need to start offering games as a as a thing that people who aren't uh uh adolescent men trapped in um arrested development as the only <laughs> gamer market uh, so microsoft answer to this was a device called the connect and the connect was a peripheral that was released in 2010 uh for the xbox 360 which was a, a game console that came out five years prior so there's a five-year gap between the the console and the peripheral uh when it came out everybody was still really high on the wii the wii had just had its number one um what would become its number one month of all time uh, with something like 10 million units being sold in December 2019 or 2009 rather. And so everybody got really excited about the connect because it was like, Oh, it's cool motion controls for your, for your Xbox now. Um, And basically it was a camera and other games consoles had tried to do cameras and using cameras for video games. Uh, But this one was special because it wasn't just a camera. It also had a depth sensor so it could see um, into a space and it could it could determine the depth of objects within that space and, and changes to that depth. And it also had some onboard uh, firmware that allowed it to map a human skeletal system onto those objects. <laughs> so the idea being that you would design a video game that didn't even need a controller with buttons on it. You could just use your, the, the player could use their body as the controller. Um, and uh, everybody was really into the Kinect for about... Uh, six months and it sold like gangbusters in those six months it sold 10 million units which is again what the what the Wii sold in its number one uh, month of all time but that 10 million units was over the course of a, like a year or so so it's a little <laughs> bit less uh, uh, overwhelming uh, and then after that everybody started to sort of realize that the only games that were coming out that were connect enabled were not marketed at like other demographics and gamers, but like exclusively other demographics. So these were games that were marketed towards like little, little, little kids or much older people or families. So there was, there was, and the Xbox 360 was a device that was primarily marketed only towards gamers. It was sort of a, um, a, a hardcore gamer was, machine. Was this, uh, were these games more leaning towards like exercise based? Yeah, they were like exercise, like dance based or or party games, stuff that you could do with like a large group of people. Where full body motion. Full body motion where it's a mixed, it's a mixed crowd. Not everybody's a gamer. Yeah. Not everybody's familiar with games. Um, but because of the sort of disconnect between the demographics there, the connect became a huge failure. Over time. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. Developers weren't making games for it. Um, and also the other thing that was going on is that people were buying a Microsoft Connect and then they were jailbreaking it 
um, and <laughs> modifying it and then getting into the guts of the machine and reprogramming it so that it would work with Windows computers mm. instead of the Xbox. Oh. And at first, Microsoft was like, don't do that. That's illegal. And it might also open you up to viruses, um, which is what they always say, <laughs> which is like, if somebody knows <laughs> enough to jailbreak their fucking device and modify it, you know they know enough to not get viruses. The, there's no way that, that, that these two things are happening at the same time. But then after a while, uh, Microsoft realized, hey, there's more money in this than there was in the games application. So then they did their own uh, release of what they call what they now started calling the Windows Connect, mm-hmm. um, which I was a that at all. <laughs> it, it it was specifically marketed towards people who were using Windows in business settings. So if you were part of an industry that used Windows as a platform, then they would market the Windows Connect to you as a way that you could use some sort of human body mapping if you needed that. It ended up being actually huge for hospitals. Oh, um, wow. Uh, the, the Connect is still used to this day uh, in hospitals in in a diagnostic sense and in sort of a research capacity. Um, but the other thing that happened uh, with uh, along with the release of the Windows Connect was that people started circulating apocryphal stories of their Xbox Connect reading input from bodies that were not there in the room with them. <laughs> <laughs> people started telling stories about their connect seeing ghosts yes um Which and is then in the year just, 2012 oh, oh sorry <laughs> i was like literally probably just because they saw paranormal activity four. Mm-hmm. no well this actually predated Three? paranormal activity um oh okay i in, swore that that sparked it but okay okay in 2012 <laughs> there may be kind of a chicken and egg thing going on here there okay. may be a like the paranormal activity got the idea from gamer message boards talking about connect ghosts and then after paranormal activity the 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 rumors exploded i'm assuming okay. because in 2012 <laughs> paranormal activity 4 came out and there's a scene where there's a little boy um, playing on his connect and you see a ghost come up behind him. it's really creepy it's, it's fairly creepy but it's probably it's, the scariest part of that movie yeah, but it's nothing like what an, uh, what looking at a Kinect camera actually no, shows you. It, it does not look anything like that. And um, <laughs> also in 2012, the Ghost Adventures crew started using the XCAM yes. SLS device uh, from Bill Chapel. So the idea with the Xbox Connect, I've told you a lot about how, why it was developed and, and how it was meant to be used. But the basics behind it is that it has what's called a structured light sensor array. Uh, which means that it has a, an array of um, essentially very tiny infrared lights that um, use uh, the reflection of those of those lights to determine how deep an object is within a given space. Um, and then there's firmware in the device that um, that maps those those structures onto whatever it's seeing. Um, the reason it gets used as a ghost hunting piece of technology is because to be totally frank the thing is built to map a human body onto literally anything that it detects that's how it works as a gaming device um and it it, and the only ghost hunting sls technology that's on the market is developed based on the first iteration of the xbox connect the xbox connect doesn't use sls technology anymore it uses something called like light fire or something like that. i don't know wow. it uses some proprietary shit that i don't understand <laughs> um, but uh kenny biddle who has a youtube channel where he he pretty much just debunks ghost hunting 
uh, technology. We yeah. did love very little. Yes, we. Kenny did we, a long video on the Xbox Connect and and why oh, it is not good. amazing. <laughs> um, and so one of the things is that uh, the manufacturer instructions actually tell you not to use it in the way that ghost hunters are using it. <laughs> the connect is That's meant to be stationary. That's what the man wants you to think. <laughs> yeah, well, because if you use it other ways, you'll get ghosts and they don't want you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft doesn't want you to know about the ghosts. <laughs> um, but two it's things all part of that, the 5G. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> two things, two big uh, rules that the ghost hunters are breaking is number one, the connect is meant to be stationary. If you okay. move the Connect, it thinks that things within its field of vision are moving. It's not built to understand that the camera itself can move. Uh, so that if it if it detects an anomalous presence and starts mapping it on onto a skeleton, then you move the device. It's going to believe that whatever the thing it has mapped has moved, has walked. Oh. And the other thing is that it's meant to be deployed in a 10 by 10 space that is empty. There's not supposed yeah. to be anything but your body in that space. So it is not accounting. It's not built to account for anything but human bodies. And Kenny Biddle has a really good video on these these two points where he like literally demonstrates these two points. Yeah. He'll show you yeah. why any object in a in that uh, play space uh, gets mapped and and what it looks like when you and, and how to sort of build a false positive, how to do a control experiment. Yeah. Um, which, well, of course, none of these people ever do. They never do controls <laughs> for any yeah. Well, full disclosure, um, my husband had a Wii. And then when I was in grad school, we also had a um, Xbox 360 with a Kinect, um, which we mainly just used, yeah, for like workout stuff. But like, I can tell you from using it, the way that it was supposed to be used, like it sits there and it's supposed to map you and like track like, oh, you did that exercise the right way or whatever. Um, You had to be like the exact right distance away from it. And like it would still like kick off onto like, oh, your body's the couch now or your body (laughs) is the light behind you or something like that. So it's like if it has trouble detecting an actual human body in front of it. Like mm-hmm. you're telling me that it's successful at detecting ghosts. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And when you're watching a, a ghost hunting TV show and you're using any kind of discerning eye, then you can obviously see, you can often see what object the connect is trying to map a body onto. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It seems at times that the people using them are like deliberately ignorant about what's happening. There was a recent uh, Ghost Adventures episode where uh, the Kinect camera mapped a small figure of a body right along where curtains were hung. And it was even coloring, like the the on-screen readout was even applying a color filter to the curtain, the same color filter that it used to indicate when a human body was in frame mm-hmm. and it was attempting to map onto that human body. Yeah. So like, oh. yeah, maybe it's just I, really may- incredulous. Perhaps I'm totally misunderstanding how the connect even works, but wouldn't that this also suggest that like ghosts have like mass? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, this would imply a sort of um, a solid body, a solid body. Right. <laughs> that is not corroborated by any other piece of ghost hunting technology. Yeah. 
Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And also, of course, the new Xbox Kinect, the the Kinect 2, which uses a totally different method of of sensing human bodies. Of course, nobody uses that for ghost hunting because it's better and more sensitive and and has has screening for false positives that the Kinect 1 did not have. Ah. (laughs) Yep. You said they move it. I feel like I've most frequently seen it where they just like set it on the floor and point it like out towards a maybe I'm thinking of a different thing. Isn't there well, like the ghost some... hunter the ghost adventures Isn't... crew has a handheld version that they like oh. to deploy quite often. I might be thinking of a different so there's that, but there isn't there like some sort of ghost hunting equipment where they like point like a series it's like a, a grid of like green laser lights or something. I almost down did that. I almost what is that looked called? into that. I don't no, no, remember. that's the same. I think we're talking about the same thing. That's a structured light sensor array. Okay. But those ones, I feel like they leave stationary and then they just see like if they see anything like pass through that light. So like they're not using it to sense anything. It's more just like, oh, do you see it mm. reflecting oh, well, back? And, and as that's like, <laughs> well, that's lame. Yeah. That's the one that's in Paranormal Activity 3? 4. 4. That's, yeah. Well, they make it look like that's what the connect. Yeah. Is is doing or whatever. And I just remember there's one more thing. The presence of infrared light really fucks with the Kinect's ability um, (laughs) to detect human bodies. Okay. um, Because it it gives false positives on the infrared beams that it's emitting. So if you are using an SLS um, ghost hunting tool and you're also using a camera that's equipped with night vision... You're going to create tons of false positives Mm -hmm. just because the the infrared from your night vision is going to be messing with the uh, structured light sensor array. Of course. Do they, do they, um, do you guys know if they still use the Kinect stuff anymore on any of the ghost shows? We do not know. I haven't seen a recent episode of Ghost Adventures in quite a while. We're still in season, beginning of season 10 and they're on season... Like 18 or something, 19. (laughs) We don't even know. 20 something. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) And then there's the special quarantine edition, which I still have to watch. The screaming room. (laughs) (sighs) Um. Okay, so is that, I think that's everything for ghost That's it, hunting that's all I got on the equipment. SLS. Yeah, this time around. Um, okay, so normally at the end of the episode, we would do um, a short and spooky. I do, is, I do have oh, a short yeah, and spooky. Oh yeah, so Paige does have a short and spooky. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so like we usually do, we're going to do short and spooky, but we also have our quiz results, and then we have um, a game that we're going to make you guys play. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So, Paige, Um, spooky it up. (laughs) So, this short and spooky, while it's related to the topic of today, ghost hunting, sort of related, I guess, to ghost hunting equipment, it's really, uh, really, I chose this one because ghost adventures. Um, So, everybody... (laughs) has watched the video and for those of you listening um we will be posting this on like our social our social media yes yeah we'll post it on social media accounts and then we'll also we'll share it on the spooky science sisters website as well so you guys can have some context <laughs> um but basically is it it's i think i say it wrong zach baggins or baggins 
Bagans. 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 Zach Bagans. Um, but you can totally say Baggins. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I kind of like Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Baggins posts on Twitter on in this year, May 20th, a very short video of a coffin going into the ground at like a funeral service. And for some reason, this coffin has a window which I saw like several comments asking about this. I don't know if that's normal. I've never seen one with like a glass yeah. pane. I've only I that seen was kind the, of like strange. glass coffin things when it's like like a um like somebody who was who was declared a saint or whatever and has been like preserved and is visible in a church or whatever. <laughs> that's gotcha. the only example I can think yeah. of. <laughs> so I don't know why you'd bury somebody with a glass window and a coffin that's going in the ground. But <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know either, but they did. Okay. <laughs> and uh, somebody is like videotaping and is videotaping the coffin going into the ground. It looks into this little glass pane and it looks like the body in the coffin starts waving. Mm-hmm. So Zach Bagans posts this and he posts it with a caption, which Max, really, I wish you were reading this because you've got a great Zach Bagans voice. Um, but he says, <laughs> "Corpse on, appears." Hold on. I'll do it oh for you. yes, please do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let me just load that up real quick. <laughs> Corpse appears to wave from inside a coffin. WTF? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, for my favorite comment on all of this, all of the Twitter comments that I read, my favorite is from Amy. I think it's Bruni, maybe Bruni. Bruni. She's um, a former ghost hunters. Yeah, she's on person. They said she's a travel channel. She's also from the travel channel Kindred Spirits. Yeah, yeah. She's no longer with Ghost Hunters. She left at some point, but yeah. Okay. Ooh. Huh. Drama. and her comment is i'm gonna go with maybe the coroner got this one wrong (laughs) which is my favorite of the comments um i am convinced i mean there's not i don't think any anybody who states one way or the other what this actually is but like i'm convinced it's just a reflection of somebody standing above oh, it, it, the, it probably oh, is yeah there, i that like didn't even occur to me just like but yeah you see their hand standing, move mm-hmm, yeah there's mm-hmm. people standing right next to the grave above it so it probably is just it's probably just a reflection i mean yeah. alternatively it's a prank and the person in there is actually yeah. alive <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it i don't is, know if you guys had any other thoughts no. Well, I just thought, also, that's freaky. <laughs> if, if someone were being buried alive, don't you think they'd start knocking? <laughs> right, we're like screaming. Quite, yeah. I would be quite emphatic about not being buried alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just like, okay, bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Good knowing you. <laughs> so that was yeah. just the short and spooky that we had this week. Okay. Yay. Um, oh, my gosh. It's an unsettling video, though, but you're, I did not even occur to me that it Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a little creepy, but probably yeah. it's just someone's hand up, up above. <laughs> well, all right. So, um, okay. <laughs> so to wrap up, <laughs> uh, we almost made you guys play Mary Kiss Kill with the Ghost Adventures team, but we're going to save you from that. No. Um, <laughs> 
Aaron do... Nixack, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do um, a few would you rather questions that are okay. ghost adventure themed. Okay. So the first one is um, would you rather um, go on a ghost hunt with Zach Bagans? So be the investigator or have Zach come investigate your house? I would rather him investigate my house. I think that's what I would say too. I don't know. I think I would want to go on a ghost hunt with him. Same. I, I don't want that man in my in my. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I think it'd be fun to mess with him. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could do that too if he came to your house. Like you could set up stuff and. That's true. Know. Yeah, we we would become the episode where they're like, I think we're yeah. old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so surprise, surprise, these are all Zach Bagans themed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um Paige, do you, do you want to ask your your one? Yeah. So would you rather spend 24 hours locked in a room with only Zach Bagans oh or be possessed by a demon for 24 hours? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like to be locked in a room with Zach Bagans for 24 hours just because it'd be very entertaining and also demons are scary. I agree with you. Yeah, if I did, if I got possessed by a demon and did illegal things, I'd probably have to go to jail. So I don't want to. Do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's the question. True. No, that was gonna. The question is: Can you guarantee you wouldn't do illegal things after spending twenty four <laughs> hours in a room with Zach Bagans? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the last one um, is. Would you rather spend a night alone in Waverly Sanatorium, which I don't know if you guys have gotten to that episode, but it's like a very, I don't know, all the ghost hunting shows go there. So it's a very active paranormal place. Or so spend a night alone in Waverly, Waverly Sanatorium or have to dress exclusively in Zach Bagans fashion line for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Hmm. I'll dress like Zach for a month. I don't mind. That. <laughs> All right. I think do I'm I doing... have. Oh, Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, do I have to wear like the cargo pants and the top or yeah. could I wear a female? Sorry, not female. Could I wear a feminine line of. of, of I think that, we'll uh... assume we'll assume that there's the feminine line. OK, I'll, I'll wear the clothes. Okay. I'm, I'm too chicken Waverly to spend... Sanatorium. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's just something I think would be kind of cool to do anyway. Yeah. I mean, terrifying, I'm sure, but cool. I like to think that I would do Waverly Sanatorium as a skeptic and, yeah, wanting to, like, go on one of these someday, but I would chicken out and probably do the fashion line. <laughs> yeah. I've read too many, uh, you know, Victorian uh, haunted house stories to uh, feel like I'd be successful at, at a, you know, doing a whole month at a haunted house. A whole d- No, it's only a day. No, this oh, is a just day? a night. Oh, yeah. sorry. This is just oh. one night alone in it. So yeah, like, you're still not doing it. The night. <laughs> still chicken. <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you afraid the okay. dark scarred me? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so before um, Paige does our usual wrap up, um, we just wanted to thank you guys for being on here. Um, and yeah, did you want to do a little what is, what's Insanely Haunted about? Where can people listen to you? All that stuff. Insanely Haunted is a show where Cassie and I and at least one friend of ours watch an episode of Ghost Adventures and then tell you all about it. And um, it's it started as just something fun that we like to do with our friends. And then we decided to record it and put it on the internet. <laughs> and now we've made over 100 episodes of it. Um, and you, you can find us on any podcatcher if you just search for Insanely Haunted. Um, we're on Twitter at Haunted Insanely. And we are a member of the Scavengers Network of Podcasts, where there are lots of other cool shows that you can listen to as well. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Awesome. awesome. Well, before I wrap it up, we don't have to do much discussion, but I just have to know, what was it? What were everybody's results for the uh, Ghost Adventure oh, quiz? I'm Nick. I'm Nick, too. <gasps> I got Nick, too. Oh, gosh. I got Zach. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me, but I think my feelings are hurt. Oh, no. Sorry. (laughs) Aw. All right. Well, that wraps it up. (laughs) Good night. Oh my god. Uh, well. Anyway, that wraps up episode 7. Tune in next time to hear us talk about the boogeyman. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at spooky SciPod, Facebook at spooky science sisters and at our website spookysciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at spooky sisters at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening and stay spooky. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.